Buddha's path begins with the development of skillful qualities. So there is a linearity to what the Buddha taught and uh, the path that we follow. Obviously, we have to develop, we seek to develop all the elements of the path. But it's important to understand that uh, the basis of the path is the development of skillful qualities, uh, beginning with generosity, uh, skillful giving, giving out of compassion uh, to those who uh, need our giving, uh, if it's our material resources or the gift of our time and attention. And then the next element of the path is the development of ethical conduct begins with the practice of the five precepts, not to kill, not to steal, not to engage in illicit sex, not to take intoxicants that cause heedlessness, and to follow the tenets of skillful speech, not to lie, not to speak abusively, not to speak divisively, not to speak idly. And then ethical conduct, of course, develops into that next level of just skillful action, action informed by the heart, by love and compassion. And the next element of the path is, uh, in terms of the development of the skillful qualities, is renunciation. So the giving up of different sense pleasures, the uh, moderating our intake of sense pleasures, and replacing them with more wholesome pleasures and other fruits of the path. And then, of course, the skillful qualities include uh, truthfulness, patience, etc. Now, as Dharma students, we seek to develop these good qualities. We seek to essentially act skillfully. We make an effort to act skillfully. But we don't always act skillfully. We don't always act skillfully. And it's pretty much always going to be that way, you know, for all of us in this life. You know, you know. Hopefully we'll have good intentions and make an effort to act skillfully and to practice generosity and to follow the precepts and to take skillful action. But there's going to be times when we don't act skillfully. There may be many times when we don't act skillfully. There may be many times when we make mistakes, when we uh, succumb to our lesser angels, if you will. So our tendency is when we don't act skillfully, when we don't practice generosity, and instead we come from a place of greediness, uh, when we don't act with love and compassion, but instead come from a place of aversion or desire, uh, when we don't practice renunciation, but instead indulge in sense pleasures, our tendency, of course, is to judge ourselves for many of us. Uh, many of us judge ourselves quite harshly. I've been talking a lot about that in class. Uh, we tend not to feel good about ourselves. 
we feel bad about ourselves when we don't act skillfully. So an important part of the path in terms of being skillful, and really what it means to be skillful, is to watch our actions, uh, which includes our actions towards ourselves. So uh, in many ways, uh, you know, what has to come first for us in terms of our actions is to pay attention to our actions towards ourselves and the way that we treat ourselves and the way that we judge ourselves, the way that we're so hard on ourselves, the way that we don't accept our weaknesses, the way that we don't accept our weaknesses. talked about this quite a bit on the retreat, how, how hard we are on ourselves about our weaknesses, about our faults, about our unskillfulness. So, as I always say, uh, you know, we learn to cultivate acceptance, self-acceptance, by seeing non-acceptance. So a very important element of the path is to see how hard we are on ourselves, to see the stories that we have about ourselves and the ways that we act, to see the, way, the, the ways that we relate to ourselves when we don't act skillfully, when we act with aversion and act with desire, when we don't practice generosity, when we aren't ethical in our actions. So this is really the beginning or the first step in cultivating acceptance is to see when there's non-acceptance. So we can see when there's non-acceptance and hopefully create a little bit of a space where we can cultivate acceptance for ourselves. You know, an acceptance we have in the heart for ourselves. It's part of that heart quality of upeka, equanimity. You know, so the heart has this acceptance which, you know, you know, which is this quality in the heart that's able to look at our weaknesses, to look at our faults, to look at our imperfections, and understand, and not to react in an unskillful way to them, but instead to react with love. So, you know, we don't condone our unskillful actions, but uh, we have to learn to accept. You know, we have to learn to accept our actions. We have to learn to accept that this is where we are. This is who we are. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. You know, we're always going to make mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes, believe me. I made a lot of mistakes. I act unskillfully towards a lot of people a lot of the time. You know, and chances are I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. You know, I'm going to get better, and I'm going to be more mindful about it. But I'm not going to get per. I'm not going to be perfect. You know, I'm not going to be perfect. You know, and you sort of get a little bit older. You know, and I'm 61 years old, and it's like there isn't enough time for me to be perfect. You know, I don't have enough time. I need more than if I live to be 100. I need more than 39 years. I need more than 39 years if I'm going to be perfect. I need like 539 years if I'm going to be perfect. You know, all my life I've been so hard on myself and I've strove for perfection, 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 perfection. 
but this is the truth of who I am and, dare I say, who we are. We're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're imperfect beings. We're imperfect beings. So, you know, we need to look at the ways that we don't accept who we are and what we are and where we are, you know, and begin to learn to open up our hearts to ourselves. I mean, that's really what acceptance is. Again, it's this quality of equanimity, equanimity in the heart. I mean, the heart knows. The heart knows. The heart knows. You know, I mean, those voices in the mind or those uh, selves, if you will, that are berating and judging me aren't voices from the heart, you know? So we need to learn to accept who we are have equanimity given our human condition and have compassion for our suffering, beginning with the suffering that we cause ourselves by being so hard on ourselves. And, you know, not for everybody, it's not always judgment. It's frustration with ourselves. It's anxiety about who we are and what we are and what we're doing. It's being critical. We have to have compassion for the ways that we relate to ourselves that are unskillful, and we have to have compassion for our, our unskillfulness and the mistakes that we make and our humanness, our humanness. You know, the compass, compassion is in the heart so that we can, you know, so that we can uh, look at our pain and our suffering and our weaknesses and our foibles and all the things about us that are hard to look at, you know, and open our hearts to ourselves. There's a reason why we have compassion in the heart. This is the path. This is the path of the Dharma. It's a path of, again, as I talked about on the retreat, loving ourselves in spite of our imperfections. This is what love is. If we have somebody in our lives who we love, if it's our partner or our children or our friends, uh, we accept their imperfections, right? We don't judge their imperfections, right? We probably do, and we probably always will, until we can learn to accept our own imperfections. It's really hard to accept other people's imperfections if you haven't accepted your own. Actually, it's impossible. So it's really hard to love other people until you learn to love yourself. This is a path of learning to love ourselves. It's a path of opening our hearts, and we have to open our hearts to ourselves. I mean, this is a primary tenet of the Buddhas. You have to learn to love yourself before you can learn to love other people. So we have to accept our difficulty in relating to other people and accept the mistakes that we make with regard to others and everything else in our lives you know, and begin to love ourselves, and then we'll be able to relate to others with that heart, that open heart. So, you know, I always used to think that, you know, loving myself was doing what I needed to do do so that I could be perfect. So I do all these things that I do to practice the Dharma so that I can be perfect, and that's loving myself. But really, loving myself is 
being able to accept my faults, my weaknesses, the ways that I act that are unskillful, which is so hard, which is so hard. You know, in a lot of ways, you know, it's easier to say, well, I really suck, but I'm going to really, out of love, try to perfect myself and become pure. That's really a cop-out, you know. Ultimately, you start to realize that's really a cop-out, you know. I got to do the hardest thing that there is to do, for me at least, which is to accept who I am and to accept, as I spoke, you know, and sometimes on retreat I speak with greater eloquence, but as I spoke about on retreat, I need to accept how fucked up I am, you know, because we're all fucked up. I strove in the Dharma, you know, and, and my intention for so long in the Dharma was to be perfect, you know, I'm practicing so that I never act unskillfully, you know, and that I, so that I can be perfect, and I'm striving for perfection. You know, and, and in that effort, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, I mean, I had to go through that to understand that what the practice is really about is accepting my imperfections. You know, I had to try for so many years to try to be perfect, you know, to understand that I wasn't going to be perfect and that what I had to do was accept my imperfections. So maybe some of you can save yourself a few years, a few decades of trying to be perfect. Practice is about accepting our imperfections. This is where happiness comes. Happiness comes when we can accept ourselves for who we are, with all of our faults and all of our weaknesses. And we kind of learn that by trying and making an effort to develop the skillful qualities. And we learn that by practicing breath meditation. The Buddha said, you know, you can really learn everything that you want to learn by practicing breath meditation. It's a place of great learning. It's a place of great learning. You know, so we try to be mindful of the breath, right? It's like we try to be mindful of the breath, you know, and basically we just fail and we fail and we fail and we fail and we fail. And we see how frustrated we get and how upset with ourselves we get. And, you know, I mean, every class, how did the breath meditation go? And people are so upset. Oh, I fell asleep. This happened. That happened. I didn't feel any breaths. I mean, that is a good window into how you relate to yourself and how there's non-acceptance of who you are. We try to be mindful of the breath, and I mean, I failed a lot more in this setting, if you want to use that word fail, than I succeeded in being mindful of the breath. Hindrances, I mean, you know, I pretty much have come to understand this, you know, and I always say it, and I say it at the first beginner's class, there's people here who've recently taken the beginner's class, 
You know, and I, I basically what I say when I teach the hindrances in what the third class is, you know, learn this technique because you're going to be dealing with these for the rest of your meditation life. Mm-hmm. You're going to be dealing with these for the rest of your meditation life. Get so frustrated and get so down on ourselves when there's dullness and restlessness, right? So start to see that. Start to cultivate acceptance for yourself. Start to understand that the human mind, the human mind, there's a lot of difficulty in this human mind. All kinds of difficulties we see in the mind. This was the talk, really, that I gave on the retreat. In terms of the ways that we practice the meditation, you know, and we're just seeing the ways that we do what we do, you know. We're just seeing our past karma. It's basically our life in a nutshell. You know, we're seeing our aversion, you know, and our desire and our anxiety and our frustration and our, uh, the ways that we just give up and surrender. We're seeing all these unskillful ways that we relate to ourselves. You know, so, of course, what we're asked to do is open up to that, not turn away from that, but to open up to all of these difficulties in the mind and uh, accept them as our own. You know? and meditation is an extraordinary opportunity to learn self-acceptance. You know, I mean, it's like it's 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 such a I mean, it's such a tricky thing, right? Because there's you know there's a fine line between you know acceptance and kind of giving up, right? Or acceptance and uh, condoning, you know? you know, or acceptance and indifference. Really, is the is the difference that the Buddha talked about? You know, indifference sometimes seems like acceptance. You know, I mean, we make this wholehearted effort to be skillful, to practice generosity, to practice ethical conduct, to be mindful of the breath. We make this wholehearted effort, but we're never going to be perfect, and what we're asked to do is to accept that. Most of us are just like involved in this struggle with ourselves, right? All my life I've been involved in this, this just terrible struggle with myself, at odds with myself so hard to accept our weaknesses, our imperfections. So it kind of begins with seeing that, right? You know, seeing how hard it is to accept our weaknesses, how hard it is to accept our mistakes. See the pain in that, how painful that is. Begin to see if we can open our heart to ourselves with acceptance and with love. Because this is really where love begins, you know, is by opening up ourselves to ourselves, to our weaknesses, loving ourselves in spite of our weaknesses, not, as I said before, you know, becoming perfect and then loving ourselves. I mean, if you're going to love yourself in this life, you're going to have to love yourself with your weaknesses. You know, if you're going to love other people, you're going to have to accept that they have weaknesses too and that they're going to fail, and they're going to make mistakes. 
we're just in this such a great struggle with ourselves and with our lives, right? We're in such a great struggle with the body, with our bodies. You know, I mean, you know, what we're asked to do or, or to, uh, to learn to do is accept this body, you know, accept this body. It's so hard to accept this body, so hard to accept the pain in the body. It's the nature of the body, the weakness of the body, the fragility of the body. It's so hard to accept the way the body feels when it's 10 degrees outside, right? So hard to accept that. So hard to accept that. That's the nature of the body. That's the body that we've been given and the life that we've been given in, on this planet. It's the way it is. This body is going to be in pain. You know, we put these clothes on it and we try to give it medicine, you know, to help it, but it's going to be in pain. And it's going to deteriorate. It's very fragile. So can we love it? Can we love ourselves in spite of the body? And then the mind. I mean, I've already spoken about the mind. You know, this mind that uh, just as a human being, I mean, there's aversion and desire in the mind. And then, of course, we've cultivated that to such a great extent and created so much karma, you know, that those seeds of karma that we've thrown in front of us are going to sprout for the rest of our lives. You know, I mean, I gave a talk about that in the summer on the retreat, how, you know, I tried so hard, so hard in therapy and this kind of therapy and that kind of therapy. And I'm glad I did all that work and in meditation to hopefully get to the point where I didn't have any more anxiety. You know, and then I was like realized, you know, it's like you're going to have anxiety for the rest of your life. Yeah. Those seeds are going to continue to sprout. You know, I mean, this is what it is to be in this human realm. Can we accept that? Can we accept that? I mean, I see how hard it is for me to accept uh, the things in the mind that are unattractive. and the ways that I act that are informed by those unattractive patterns in the mind. So hard to accept that. So hard to accept that. I mean, the greatest struggle that we have as human beings is the struggle with death. You know, we're just like in this great struggle with death, which is like the greatest fact that there is of being human. You know, until we can accept death, will always be at odds with this life. We'll always be at odds with this life because it's the truth of this life. So we start to understand these things. I mean, I always talk about, you know, using simple things. Uh, you know, so seeing a moment when you do something that's unskillful and uh, or you make a mistake, or in the meditation, it's great, and seeing how you relate to yourself, and can you have acceptance? Can you open your heart to yourself? Can you begin to love yourself? I mean, I always talk about working with the weather. You know, the weather's a great way to understand the body. Really, what it's about is understanding your relationship to the body. Well, it's about understanding the body and your relationship to the body. You know, we can see how we can struggle with the truth of this body. 
I was really practicing with this yesterday. I was out quite a bit yesterday, and I was out late, and I got home, got off the subway, coming from Brooklyn. It was about quarter after one in the morning, so it was probably about five degrees outside. Uh, it was really cold, and uh, I mean, I, I work with this a lot, so, uh, you know, seeing any aversion to the cold uh, and, you know, asserting acceptance and just trying to open up to it. I mean, it doesn't mean that I took my hat off, you know, but, you know, can I open up to the cold and the way the body is, you know, and have acceptance for this human body, have acceptance for this human experience, and really open up to that. It's like, oh, this is what it means to be human. This is what it means to be human. It's like I did that and I just felt so alive. You know, it's like this is what it means to be in this human body instead of being at odds with it and fighting with it and trying to put on all these coats and gloves. And again, you still should do that. But like, this is what it means to be alive. This is because if we're fighting it and at odds with who we are and what we are, you know, we're never going to experience the joy the happiness of the heart. You know, and I just felt such joy walking home. I just felt such, I mean, it was, it was one of those experiences where, you know, I was like, I was skipping. I was literally skipping. You know, nobody was around to see me, you know? But it was also this quality of, you know, how precious this life is and, and what a blessing to be alive and to feel the cold on my skin. I mean, Pretty soon I'm not going to feel that. Pretty soon I'm not going to be here and have that experience. What a blessing it is to be in this body now and to have this experience. You know, it's all going to be gone pretty soon. All these things about ourselves that we don't like, if it's our minds and our actions and our imperfections and our body, you know, are all going to be gone really soon. So we better begin to accept it and love it and love ourselves for who we are and live joyfully while we can. <laughs>